This is a diet of Brussels. Uh, have we been vetoed and blocked by the Germans in the uh, renegotiation? This is one of the uh, claims that uh, Ian Duncan Smith has been making uh, today uh, in his speech uh, and in uh, newspaper articles saying that uh, Angela Merkel basically had blocked David Cameron pushing for uh, restrictions on free movement. Um, at one level, this isn't really a story because at the time it was clear that the Germans were unwilling to uh, push for uh, or to allow uh, such restrictions to take place. That was not uh, a private or hidden uh, position um, and was uh, widely reported at the time. However, I think it's, uh, it's important uh, to, to address because certainly one of the things that uh, I think we're going to see at different points in uh, these last few weeks of the referendum is precisely going to be re-representations uh, or re-framings uh, of things that have happened in the past. David Cameron, as he was trying to put together his uh, plans, and uh, those of you who've been listening over the past year will know how we've uh, followed the trajectory of uh, that uh, development, will know that his ideas are have some kind of uh, domestic audience but also an international audience that uh, Cameron's challenge always was going to be balancing uh, what he thought the UK needed to get and what he thought it was possible to get from uh, the EU. So it's a bit like me going and saying now well I'm going to go and talk to my boss and I'm going to ask for a, a double in my pay uh, because, you know, that's what I need and I think it's important that I get that. Well, I can go and ask that, but uh, I'm likely, I'm very likely, in fact I'm certain, uh, to be uh, knocked back on that one. So perhaps it might make more sense that if I go and ask for a pay rise of some kind, uh, that then rather than putting a, a value on it, uh, I, I let them put a value on it and uh, then we kind of maybe have some potential I get some pay rise which is okay it might not be the uh, doubling that I want but it's still better than nothing which uh, I would get if I didn't ask. So in an analogous kind of way Cameron uh, had to really work through all of that during last summer and into the autumn that uh, a lot of the things that he talked about before the general election last May and indeed after the general election he didn't actually ask for in the end or if he asked for them uh, he was told very uh, forcibly that he wasn't going to be getting them. Now you remember David Cameron did a lot of bilateral uh, visits he went uh, all around uh, European capitals uh, after May, he you know he worked the uh, the proverbial room on this one, and you know had a very good sense of what was and wasn't going to be acceptable. And a key part of what he was trying to do over the winter, in particular, was trying to find a way of maximising uh, his uh, opportunity uh, without uh, putting forward or pressing for things that would uh, potentially lead uh, any one country to block those decisions. And that, I think, is the second key point, is that uh, all member states had to sign up to this deal, that uh, it was a decision of the European Council and every uh, one of the, the 27 other member states needed to sign up to it. 
So in that sense, yes, clearly the Germans did have a veto, but then so too did the Cypriots or the Maltese or the Portuguese or whoever else you want to think of. So uh, I think partly this is a, a, a non-story, but it's important to remember that the, the way the system is structured, that uh, there has to be a, a sort of a, a process of give and take. Now, this isn't to say that necessarily the deal that he's got is uh, a good one or one that's satisfactory for the UK. Uh, similarly, it's not possible to say that he couldn't possibly have got more if he had pushed uh, a bit further. However, it's the deal that we have uh, and it's the one that uh, we are working to uh, for the remaining weeks.